What's going on, coaches? Welcome to 2020. This is the first episode of 2020 for the RTP podcast. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, again, this technically starts our off season, uh, so we will again go back to bringing you guys two episodes every week uh, on Mondays and on uh, Thursday, Fridays. So uh, you can look for two episodes now a week. We will also, uh, we want to announce this now, we're going to have another RTP Summit coming at the end of February. We'll let you know a little bit more about some of the coaches that will be on that, but we're really excited to, again, bring you guys another free virtual summit uh, so you guys can learn from coaches uh, from across the country. This one will be just like last February's where it will be some offense, defense, uh, special teams, strength coaches, and head coaches as well. Uh, So you'll get to learn from um, a bunch of different coaches, a bunch of different areas. Also, we're working right now on trying to um, get a place of our own uh, that we can work out of so we can bring some coaches in, uh, get some videos of them talking to us, and we can put that out as well on our premium website, runthepower.com, for those premium members. So we're looking at a really awesome 2020. We hopefully hope that you guys will enjoy it all and and get as much out of it as we do. So uh, hopefully you guys uh, will go check out runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our guys over at Team Builder. Uh, make sure you guys go over to Team Builder. Uh, they have been awesome to us, have been with us for uh, a long time. Make sure you go check them out. Uh, they're again offering coaches a free in-season football strength program. As you guys recall, New England Patriots squatted up to 90% of their one rep max deep into the playoffs. If your in-season strength conditioning philosophy is just to maintain, then you guys are doing it wrong. Uh, you can get the program once you start a 14-day trial with Team Builder. Uh, here soon, just like last year, uh, they will, I'm sure, will be coming out also uh, with an off-season strength and training program. Uh, this is great for you guys that um, are extremely busy. You don't have a dedicated strength conditioning coach, and you want what's best for your players. Uh, then it's with Team Builder. Just reach out, tell them that you heard from Rowdy and the RTP podcast, or use the code RTP. When you guys sign up for your free trial at teambuilder.com. On today's episode of RTP, we talk with Brandon Herring. Coach Herring was the co-offensive coordinator at Samford and is currently the strength and conditioning coach at Hewitt Trustful High School and Middle School. Listen as we talk with Coach Herring about going from college to high school and middle school football, the importance of strength and conditioning at every level, and of course about coaching offensive line. You can follow Coach Herring at BrandonHerring0. Hope you guys enjoy. Who was it that was saying this? Uh, I think Fred Eves down at uh, Battleground Academy. He said they have a mandatory, no matter what sport you're going from or to, they have two weeks where the kid has to be off in between sports. Huh. I thought that was interesting. That would be a really, that'd be a really cool deal. I, I'm, I'm sure it would screw over a couple of sports, but. Um, well, and he said every coach is bought into it. Every coach is bought in. And, you know, like basketball, the coach understands that he's not going to get his football guys and. So they may schedule a little bit different early or or whatever. But, you know, their basketball team, uh, this is several years ago, but uh, when he was talking about that, their basketball team went on and won the state that year. So, you know, I mean, I guess uh, to me, that's a pretty good, pretty good little idea in my opinion. 
Yeah, that is. Uh, <clears throat> Coach Walls, I think Coach Walls is on, but, but um, I, I, this is a pretty good conversation already, so I, I'd like to just keep rolling with it, Coach. So um, it, is that how you guys do it um, as well, or is that just you, you've kind of heard it done that way? Is that something you'd ever be interested in doing, Coach? I, I think it's a good idea, in my opinion. Now, Fred Eves, I think, is the one that said that down at Battleground Academy in, in Nashville. Um, so, it, and it doesn't matter what sport the kid's transitioning into. They they have a mandatory, the kid is off two weeks, period. And to me, that's a pretty good idea, especially, man, when you come out of football, and I don't know how it is for, for you in your state, and I, I have to guess that most of the country is the exact same now, but you know, football basically starts in June and you don't get done until the end of November. And that is a long time. Um, you know, and especially if you if you go back just a little bit prior to June, you come out of spring ball in April and May and they get a couple of weeks off there and then they hit it in June and you practice all summer and then you go all fall. And if you go, you know, if you're blessed enough to go a few weeks in the in the playoffs, I mean, that's a long time. So, in my opinion, that's a that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, it would be. I mean, I, I think that would be, uh, you know, something really cool for the kids, especially in high school football. It's it's, um, you know, in college it gets a little bit nicer um, because spring ball actually comes through the spring, uh, and so yeah. you get a few months of working out, but then you got a month of football, and then you get a few more months of working out. Where if you're in football and you're in true football off season. Um, it hits a long spring. So, uh, and then, like you said, uh, you go in June, June, July, and and you're really in football the whole time, basically. Uh, so, to to give those kids a month, uh, you know, a week, two weeks off would be a a great thing. But yeah, here here in Oklahoma, um, especially with wrestling being so big, and I would assume up uh, up in Iowa with walls as well with wrestling. Uh, those those wrestling coaches, that you know, they they want those kids over, and and um, there's it really depends on the kid, I think, is, is the way we do it at Broken Arrow. We've had some kids that are unbelievable wrestlers, and, and those wrestling coaches, depending on how far we make it in the playoffs, will give them two, three weeks sometimes off uh, because they do some individual wrestling uh, over the Christmas break, but really it's just practices and getting ready for their duels that actually count. And so, um, Walls, what, what is it like for you guys? Uh, what was it like for you guys just a couple weeks ago uh, with your transition from kids over uh, to other sports? We gave them all a week off from lifting for sure. So none of them had to come in and, and do any of that stuff. And then it was kind of their choice if they wanted to go you know, straight to basketball or straight to wrestling. Um, I know all of our athletic departments is on board with that, just kind of giving those kids a week. Uh, there is some overlap there. And, and some kids did go, you know, maybe some of your JV kids who hadn't played um, you know, in the playoffs. So their their season was done a little bit earlier and all they were doing was practicing with us. But any of our varsity kids who were, you know, high volume kids, they they all took the week. Um, there's really nothing mandated in Iowa. I, I certainly wish that it was mandated, but I think, you know, at least I guess I hope you give you give your coaches the benefit of the doubt to where, you know, you, you are taking care of those kids. And I think our kids have gotten pretty educated on, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking some time off. In fact, there's a, a lot of our data that we give our kids and show them now that when they take that time off, uh, they actually end up performing better. So our guys are pretty good about it now. Well, Coach Coach Herring, uh, I know we kind of started a, a different way than, w- than we normally do, if you ever listen. But um, it, like I said, it was a great conversation. But I want to get back to you uh, and kind of how we normally start things, though, is, is go ahead and introduce yourself. So 
uh, introduce yourself to everybody and then, uh, you know, about your football journey and, and uh, where that started and, and playing to coaching and, and where that brought you to where you are now. Well, I started out, uh, you know, when I was in high school, I got recruited just a little bit. Um, honestly, you know, football wasn't – I enjoyed playing football, and, and uh, I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed it. My, my high school coach uh, had a really big impact on me. Um, my plan when I graduated high school is I wanted to be a uh, – I wanted to be an Army Ranger, and that was just kind of my goal. And uh, it, right around my senior year, UAB came and and I was getting you know some junior college and a few little things a little bit of interest not very much at all and UAB came and and uh, they asked me if uh, you know I'd like to walk on and you know I talked to my dad and my dad he said well look uh, you know give it a try you know go go and 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 go a semester and you know if you like it then uh, you know, stick with it. If you don't like it, then, hey, you know, get out after that first semester and, and uh, you know, enlist in the Army. And, you know, it worked out pretty well the first year I redshirted and then um, ended up, you know, long story short, it kind of kind of worked out for me. I ended up uh, earning the scholarship and started uh, the last half of my sophomore year and then all my junior and senior year. So, uh, you know, the football thing kind of worked out for me. Um, and after that, my plan was I was going to enlist in the army and I was going to be a ranger, you know, uh, and I was, I had a plan of, of, uh, maybe after, you know, being enlisted for a few years, going into officer candidate school. Um, and lo and behold, which this doesn't really ever happen if you know much about, um, you know, graduate assistant spots in college, but we had a spot open up at UAB and coach Brown asked me if I'd be interested and quite honestly, coaching football is the only – that's the only other thing I'd thought about doing besides going in the Army. Mm. And five years later, you know, I talked to my dad, and he said, well, hey, you know, give it a, give it a shot. <laughs> Same exact advice five years later. He said, if you, if you like it, then stick with it. If you don't like it, then, you know, hey, enlist. And it ended up working out for me. You know, I was a GA for – uh, you know, a year and a half, and then uh, I coached the tight ends for two years, and then I moved to the offensive line um, when our offensive line coach retired. And uh, so I coached the offensive line there for three years at UAB. And then when Pat Sullivan took the Sanford job, um, he asked me to go with him, um, you know, to Sanford, and I ended up doing that. And I spent eight years there, and uh, it was just just a great experience coach Sullivan um which I don't know if you guys know but he just passed away uh his funeral this past Friday just just one of the greatest human beings you could ever be around so that eight years of Sanford was just uh you know something else uh, we were able to kind of build him back up and we won a conference championship and um in 2014 <clears throat> he retired he had you know started he was having some health issues and he retired and his plan was he was still really involved all the way up until he passed just uh, last week. He's really involved with the school, but he, he wanted the whole staff to stay. Um, and I was out recruiting, actually, and I got in the car and I heard they had hired Coach Hatcher. And I immediately got on the entrance ramp and came home because I knew I was in trouble. Um, <laughs> coach Hatcher and Coach Bostick, his offensive line coach, they've been together their entire career. 
And I, if I'm not mistaken, they were college roommates together at Valdosta. <laughs> so I knew I was in trouble yeah. and came home and sure enough, I got let go. And, and, uh, you know, God works in mysterious ways, man. I mean, I, he, that year was the worst year that in my career of looking for a job, there was just nothing. And, uh, the day after Christmas, uh, a friend of mine I'd recruited up in North Alabama for years and years, he called me and said, Hey, I gave you enough time. It's the day after Christmas. Are you interested in the job? And <laughs> at that point right there, I had a deal in the, the Canadian football league and I'm sitting there going, man, am I going to move my kids from Birmingham, Alabama to, to Canada, you know? And then I had another yeah. deal in, in a, in a junior college and, I'd already had a few years in the state retirement system when I was at UAB and, and I had given some thought to get into high school. Um, you know, I had young kids and um, I missed a lot of my son's childhood, especially. And uh, we, my wife and I, we just decided to get to, to go for it and get into high school ball. And, um, you know, I've been coaching high school ball the last five years. So um, it's, uh, it's been great. It's been great. What is that like? I, I almost can't imagine it because, you know, with college athletics, that's exactly how it is. You could have eight years, you guys do well and win some conference games and, and have great seasons. And then, um, you know, a, a guy steps away or a guy gets a, a promotion or whatever it is. You bring in a new head coach and his, the guy that he feels comfortable with is no line guy. And then uh, nothing you could have done about it. You could have been one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. Uh, and now all of a sudden you're looking for a job. I mean, it's like my whole life, it's always been like, hey, as long as you work hard and you're the best, you're going to be, that's going to be your, your job, fight for your job, you'll have it because you'll be one of the best. But in college athletics, it seems like so much. It's like, hey, wrong place, the wrong time. Uh, good luck. Go try to find somewhere else. How, how does that feel? Or what is that like, that thought process once something like that does happen? Well, you know, and that's one of my pet peeves, and I've I've put it on Twitter several times, especially this time of year. You know, you you see people, and it's like it's especially with the media, it's just a feeding frenzy on. They can't wait for coaches to get fired because they have something to talk about. And you know, the thing about it is, if if a coach gets fired from, I don't know, a, you know, a, a Big Ten school, that head coach is he is pretty set financially. He's okay. But let me tell you something. The wide receivers coach has got to go and find a job. It's not like he is just set financially and can just hang out for a few years and live off of his contract. And and everybody on that staff, they have children. They they you know if you've been somewhere for like I was at, at Sanford for eight years, my kids started school there, and and we kind of almost planted some roots there. And um, you know it, it it can be a tough deal. Now having said that when you get into college football coaching, you, you understand that that is absolutely a piece of it. It's going to happen no matter what, whether, you know, things just happen. I mean, in my case, I didn't necessarily get let go for any kind of, uh, I guess I, I didn't do anything wrong. I wasn't a bad coach, but it was, it was a deal where coach Ash was more comfortable with his guy. And I completely understand that. Right. Um, so it, it just kind of, you know, sometimes a lot of it is it's not what you know, it's who you know. Man, listen, and I don't mean this in the wrong way, so I hope people don't take it this way, but look, I, you can take just about anybody and go to Tuscaloosa 
or go to Ohio State and coach ball, okay? I mean, they're playing with the best cats in the country. You know what I'm saying? But you go into places – I'll tell you this. When I was at Sanford, we played Wofford every year when Mike Ayers was there. And I always said that his staff and he did the best job of coaching football of anybody I ever had to coach against. They did more with less. You can go to Division Two schools. You can go to the One AA, or I guess it's it's the SCS now, but um, and find some of the best coaches in the entire country because those guys have to coach football. They don't have an army of GAs and assistants and everybody doing things. Those guys have got to coach ball, and they have to do more with less a lot of times. And so you can find great ball coaches all over this country at some of the smaller levels. And, and I'll be honest with you, now that I'm in high school ball, it's the exact same way. Some of the best coaching you can ever be around are coaching high school football. Coach, man, you're, you're speaking my language. I, I've said that a few times, and I'm sure, you know, we've, we've offended a few people, but uh, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think, you know, there's a, a lot of guys out there who, who puff out the chest and, and talk about how good of coaches they are when in all actuality, I mean, there's a lot of people that could put that logo on their polo and, and guess what? I could, I could bring in a lot of good fi- five-star players just with that logo. And guess what? It's going to make me look like a really, really good coach. It, it, you know, the old saying about Jimmy's and Joe's, man, it, it's real easy to co- you know, to, co- to coach those guys that they, they, they have everything you need. They, they're, they're quick twitch. They can strong, they run. They, you know, it's easy to coach them guys. I mean, uh, you know, when in, in high school ball, you gotta you gotta take what you have that year. You know, and you gotta coach them up, and you gotta do the best you can at putting your kids in the right situation to to win football games. And uh, so that's that's. And I don't mean that there's bad coaches. I mean, there's fantastic coaches all over the country at every level. But um, I think it goes overlooked, especially in the media, just how good a job it, of, of uh, coaching that goes on at some of the smaller places. <clears throat> I completely agree. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking of the past, you know, year or two is um, as as good of a, a deal, I'm sure, as it is to be a college coach. And I'm sure it's an, it's an awesome experience to go in and 100,000 people are watching your kids play. Um, high school coaching, you got to – it's – you're coaching just the same exact sport. Um, and – and your your job security with with your family and and being around them is is uh, it's almost like how does that weigh into everything as well because uh, you get to coach high school football you get almost just as involved maybe it's not year round uh, with recruiting but as far as football goes it, it's fairly comparable and and um, as long as you know maybe they don't want you on the football program anymore but you're going to have probably a job with the school and if that's really where you want your family to live that that's where they can grow up and live and so it's um it, it's a big leap it is as much fun I'm sure as it seems uh it would be a big leap to go uh go coach college football uh with all those things and all the movement and all the um just all the the craziness that comes along with it yeah and I'm I'll be honest with you I'm I'm as happy as I can be right now uh we live in trustful and and uh, I, I came here last year, and we we'd already lived here for a couple of years by the time I came here. And uh, my kids go to school here, um, so I get to see my kid. My son uh, is in ninth grade, and my role here is a little bit different than I've ever done before. Um, right now, I'm not actually coaching. I, I, I'm just a strength conditioning coach. 
um, that's just the role that I'm serving right now. And I'm sure, you know, I'll, I'll definitely want to get back on the grass, but I'll be honest with you, I'm having the time of my life doing the strength and conditioning stuff. Uh, I mean, I love it. I, uh, I've, I've fallen in love with it and I'm, I'm studying it hard, but I, I get to, I get to work out my son. Uh, I had him just this morning, you know, in first period with the ninth grade team. Uh, so I get to lift them and then I go over to our middle school. I'm blessed here. We have a pretty daggum good setup uh, here. I, I actually travel. I start out at the high school with our freshman football team, and I go over to our middle school, and I spend uh, a couple of periods over there. And I get to three days a week out of our PE classes, I get to pull our boys out, and we do a block zero program year-round. And so I'm, I'm able to get my hands on our middle school kids. And regardless of sport, they all come. So I've got basketball kids. I've got baseball kids. I've got it all. And I've actually branched out this year. Our girls are actually doing it as well. So I go out with the boys on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And our girls are going on Tuesday and Thursday. And um, so we, we've got a Block Zero program going for all of our middle school kids. That way when they, they go to high school, they have a foundation set up underneath. I think that's, uh, you know, awesome. And I want to dig a little bit deeper into that. But what is the first question I think I have about that is how different is it for you to, for so many of years, been dealing with um, 18 to 22 year old men uh, and then where, you know, they're, they're getting paid. I know not paid by any means, but they're making money to go play football and it's a, it's a business to them because uh, it's a business to the coaches as well. It, going from that until now, now you're working with, you know, ninth grade, ninth grade kids that uh, some of them have reached puberty maybe and some of them haven't. And, and you're, you know, they've got a whole different uh, think problems. They got different things that are good about them. They've got, you know, different motivations. How has that been uh, the big difference between, you know, those two ages of, of kids? Well, it's, it, you know, I, you made a reference to it earlier. Um, I wasn't quite sure how that was going <laughs> to, you know, when I first came to high school, I wasn't quite sure of that myself. You know, I, I had no idea about what it was going to be like coaching high school kids. And, but I'll tell you this, here's the deal. Football's football, man. I mean, you can do, you know, a couple of years ago, um, I was at school uh, about 40 minutes away from Trustful and, and, uh, I had an offensive line there, and we were we were pretty daggum good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had some pretty good players. But I'll be honest with you, I coached those kids no different than I coached my kids when I was at UAB and at Stanford. Um, I, I'm a big believer, and I, I teach – when I'm coaching offensive line, I, I teach them the whole philosophy behind plays. I don't teach them one spot. I don't want a guard just to know that if we're running the power, he's the puller and that's it. He ain't got a clue about what everybody else is doing. And so I was able to do that there. Um, I taught my kids our quarterbacks hot, uh, the hots for, for a throw game. Um, I, I, I was able to coach them the exact same way I've, I've always coached my offensive linemen. I just think it's, it's you have to learn your learners. Okay, I'm a I'm a big believer in that. You got to learn your learners. How do they learn best? And every one of them doesn't learn the same way. Uh, you know, some of them do well with film. Some of them do well with walkthroughs. And so you've got to find that balance and and figure out how to get it across to those kids the best. But what I found, football's football. 
um, you know, that, that's, that's the biggest thing. And then, you know, I do work with some of the middle school kids in the, in the, I've got seventh and eighth graders, you know, in the weight room doing our block zero program. And, um, you know, the thing about it is with them, they, their adaptation levels are just off the charts. I mean, you can literally see a kid progress week to week to week to week. And they start to get a little bit of confidence. And, you know, you know you're doing it right when you got eighth graders wanting to pull their shirt off and look at themselves whenever, you know, you get done doing push-ups and all that kind of thing. So um, it, it's been – the transition has been a lot smoother than I may have thought it was going to be whenever I came in. Coach, I think that's one of the things, too. I, I moved down and I'm teaching seventh grade. Um, for, for the first time I've been in the middle school now, you know, I've, I've coached some middle school kids, but the thing I've noticed is just like how, how high of a, of responders they are. I mean, they, they enjoy getting taught, they enjoy getting coached. And I think when they can really kind of see that at a young age and, and know that, you know, Oh, I'm getting coached by the, the varsity coach or oh, I'm getting coached by coach Herring who coached in college. You know, I think, you know, they, they see so many, positives from that and 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 love getting coached and love getting pushed in that direction that it, it just feels so rewarding to me to work with a lot of those young kids I agree totally 100 percent now you know you got I, I think it is hugely important that you make things fun um I, and I'm a big believer in that in in little league sports uh I was real <clears throat> I didn't let my son play uh little league football um uh, he played one year. He talked me into it. And my thing was I was going to wait until the coaches were paid, uh, you know, uh, to, to coach to actually let him play. Um, because those things, in, in, depending on what community you have, if you're in an established community and the head coach is very invested, uh, I'll be honest with you, Coach Floyd here in Trustful, uh, we've got one of the best setups that I've ever seen or heard anybody talk about as far as little league kids coming up through the middle school and and that kind of thing we are actually very involved with our little league sports here um we had it set up this summer we did basically otas with our little league kids uh during the month of june they came out and uh once one time a week we'd have first through third graders and then we had third through sixth graders another day of the week and so that whole week, us as football coaches for the high school, we went out and we coached those little league kids. And we spent a good amount of time with our, our little league coaches here. They run what we do. They call their plays exactly the way we call it. They go to middle school and it's the same way. And I think Coach Floyd's done a very good job at developing relationships with those guys because they make it fun for those kids. It's not a – you know, you can run a – a fifth grade, fourth grade kid off real quick by screaming and yelling at him and making him miserable. And that doesn't do anyone any good, um, you know, number one with that kid. So uh, I think Coach Floyd's done a great job of that here. Yeah, it can be a, uh, it can be a tough thing uh, for a high school coach to, to get all the way down into those ranks. And, and uh, you know, any, any way that you can obviously is, is, a, uh, is great for the kids. And the kids, I'm sure – um, it, the most, the more you can get them around, I can only imagine them getting to come up to the field and, and, uh, practice with the varsity coaches on the varsity field. Um, I remember I was in seventh grade and we got to play the championship on the varsity field. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And, and sometimes it's easy to forget how awesome some of those things are for kids because 
uh, it's just an everyday thing for you. Yeah, we actually, Coach Floyd, and I'll, I'll say this because I, I think it's a great thing. During um, during August, when we're in camp getting ready for school, he actually has, we have a thing called Husky Night. And so every team from first graders all the way up to the varsity, we all have a scrimmage out on our game field. And so everybody in the entire community basically ends up there. And so you'll have the first graders scrimmaging each other and, and, you know, you'll get whatever, 20 plays, right? And then the second graders, third graders, all the way up through the middle school, seventh grade team, eighth grade team, the ninth grade team, the JV and the high school, they end up, everybody gets to play. And so almost everybody in Trussell ends up coming to the stadium, uh, you know, that day. So it's, uh, it's a really good, a really good deal. So as the strength and conditioning guy and, and trying to get these younger it's not younger, but, you know, in the, in the uh, junior, you know, junior highs uh, and getting those kids a few times a week, what are some of the, the lifts? What are some of the, what's the program that you guys are going through? Just a, not every single thing, but just kind of as a brief overview, obviously keep it um, entertaining at, at some point, but what are you trying to uh, build in them so that, you know, as soon as they get up there to that next level, now they've got this foundation. What foundation are you trying to build with those kids? Well, our, the basis of our Block Zero program, of course, that comes from, you know, Coach Ken and, and uh, Coach Eric Cash, who's the strength coach at Dorm and is a very big uh, uh, proponent of, of uh, the Block Zero program. Our number one thing, what I'm trying to get done with our seventh and eighth graders is body awareness. And we're trying to build root strength in them. Um, we focus heavily on an athletic position. They're able to get into an just a foundational position that you play in all of sports. And we're, we're trying to get them to, to be able to hold that position and be in a neutral spine and, and, and build root strength. So when they go up to the high school level, they are ready to progress themselves and to lift. And we will pick up some weights, especially with the eighth graders. We'll goblet squat, and we do some of that kind of thing. But it's all off of progressions. Everything is a progression. So I have, uh, whether it's uh, just bilateral uh, work with, with the lower or unilateral you know, or upper, upper pushes, everything is a progression. Um, we're at Christmas, and we're still knocking out push-ups. Uh, I'm a big chin-up guy, so we spend a good amount of time on chin-ups. Uh, we've got seven and eight graders that can just crank out chin up. So we do those kind of things, a lot of body weight exercises, and then we move up to some dumbbells, just trying to set that foundation for them whenever they get into high school. I feel like the all the offensive line guys are big progression guys. I, I've, I've got to assume that that's from coaching the position and, and just how much, you know, you've got to progress through those things and you've got to get uh, certain things taught before uh, you worry about the next thing. Uh, is that something that in the weight room you think maybe comes from that a little bit, or is it all things that you've studied in the weight room that, that uh, you've kind of bought into? Well, I think they probably go hand in hand, uh, honestly. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this right now. I, I, I'm telling you that – and I've really, really in the last two years really, I mean, just thrown myself into the strength condition and part of, of, of this deal. But I would be – 10 times the ball coach right now coaching offensive line than I was just five years ago. Hmm. Um, I would, I would 
strongly suggest offensive line coaches. And I know you got a whole bunch of them that listen to the show. By the way, I'm a big, big fan. Uh, I love listening to the show. Uh, but I would, I would be, I would suggest that every offensive line coach learn the weight room because you learn how the body moves. I'll be honest with you. I, I know this. I've asked my offensive linemen in, in college, in, in high school, at every level to do things that are, quite honestly, your body doesn't move properly in the positions that I was asking them to get into. And now that I've gotten into some of the biomechanics and, and that kind of thing of, of the weight room, I understand the way the body moves a lot better. I really believe that I would be a better ball coach right now if, if, uh, if and when. I'm, I'm, of course, I'm, I'm going to get back on the grass at some point. But I think I would be a better ball coach from, from studying it, you know. Yeah, I 100% agree with that one, too. I mean, I, honestly, that's what I went to college for. And, and have kind of gotten back into a lot of the strength stuff and the running stuff and the speed. I just think, again, the, the more you understand about their body and then, you know, the, the flip side of it, you know, the more you understand, too, about the recovery aspect, the rest aspect, you know, how to build muscle properly and how to take care of your body. I think that also makes you a more educated coach when you kind of understand, you know, again, what, what these kids are going through and how fast or not fast those kids can recover. I agree completely no doubt and you can do small things like uh you know if you got a jump pad you can you can you can kind of tell if the kids if you're if you're keeping up with their vertical jump numbers if you get a kid on a pad and he's down three inches you can tell that kid they, right now he may be a little bit tired you know um, you can use those as, as aspects to, to to see exactly where your kids are so, Coach, I'm, I'm kind of interested, in, and I know Walls is, is really deep into strength and conditioning right now, and I wish I was a little bit more, but uh, I'm just not yet, not to that point yet. Uh, and, and I get to cheat. We've got a strength and conditioning coach, two of them, I guess, technically now. Um, but, um, you know, I, I'm kind of curious. When you were still coaching offensive line, I know you're going back into that um, at, at some point. What were, you know – just try to th think back and, and you're going through the early parts of, of spring um, or even, you know, spring ball starts right before when you're starting to install everything. Uh, how are you with teaching them so much, um, you know, the whole play, which, which I, I completely agree with uh, because it's how I always learned uh, zone blocking. You know, I had four different offensive line coaches come into Houston um, and all of them taught zone blocking uh, with – different covered or uncovered or this is a tag or this is a number from zero and they all had their different ways but for me I just learned I knew who everyone had to block and so then I knew who I, I would have to block because uh, we wouldn't be letting those guys go front side so I, I completely agree and, and I try to find the time to do that but it can get difficult at times so um, with that being so important to you even teach them hot routes at times um, you know or, or when they're hot um, how did you go about installing your whole offense, but still taking that time to teach them the overarching, um, you know, reason behind the play or where the play is, what's, what it's designed for and what everybody's doing on that play? Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is it's, I will refer to a play. I don't just say that if you say, for instance, if you call the power 32, I don't say – hardly ever do I ever say 32. 
because they hear 32 8 billion times in the huddle or, or, you know, however it's translated on the field or whatever. So I will say the power when we're running the power. Okay. So I, I try to get them to understand that it's a gap scheme. And, and, you know, I think, uh, uh, the other day I was listening to one of your podcasts with, uh, I want to say Coach Quartet, the guy from down at Catholic, down in Baton Rouge, and uh, which was a great show. But, um, you know, you're talking about um, your rules on the power and that kind of thing. And, and my thing is if they understand it's a gap, strength, gap scheme on the strong side, and I always said that inside always takes precedence. And I think it was you, you said, if they're dancing around and moving, block inside, right? So, you know, you come out of those things and they understand that when in doubt, you can always block inside and you're never really going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And as long as they get to a point to where they understand that we've always got a guard pulling. And so we have to replace that gap with the center and, and hinge in that backside tackle. And then on the strong side, we are trying to create vertical surge. At that point, once they understand the whole the under a uh, philosophy and understanding behind what kind of play it is, I think it's easier to teach that kid what it is that he's supposed to do. And then my whole thing was, you know, and it's the same exact way, you know, in high school. But my goal when I was coaching offensive line in college, I needed a backup center, I needed a backup guard, and I needed a backup tackle. I had to have eight ready to play. Well, that way. If you're teaching a kid both sides, you know, of the, of the, you know, you got another one, you may have 10 deep, but honestly, if, you know, when it gets down to it, you're only going to play one of those backup guards. If he understands the whole play, he's not going to get messed up if he goes to left guard or right guard. He understands that when the power is coming at him, this is what I do because I understand the whole play. Now, you know, that doesn't really answer your question as far as how you're teaching it. I, I just spent a lot of time. And when I was in college with my incoming freshman, I had our film guy would film me on the board and film me going through cutups. So he's basically filming the screen as I'm coaching my plays to these kids and I would mail them out to them. Wow. And when they came in, when they came in, I would, I would quiz them on it and test them on it and see if they knew their rules and if they, and, that way I got a little bit of jump start on my freshmen whenever they were coming in. And, you know, those, those kind of things. And then in high school, I do think that in high school, you got to be a little bit more simple. Um, you don't necessarily have as much time with them. And I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm pretty simple anyway. I, uh, I told you I don't really coach. <laughs> I didn't coach any different in college than I did in high school. But I don't think you're going to carry as much volume inside of your offense. But at the same time, generally, you're not seeing as much volume out of fronts and blitzes and that kind of thing on defense. So I think it, it just marries up. It goes hand in hand. I, I, I really don't think there's a big difference. Yeah. No, I, I, that's all, Go ahead, Walls. I was just going to say, I mean, I, I love what you're saying there, Coach. I mean, you, you're, you're front-loading – you know, all, all of those skills, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you, you have your athletes and you, you teach them your skills. So I've done that with receivers, which I have now. I mean, I, I teach stance start. I teach releases. I teach, you know, the, the technique for catching a football. I do all that front loaded. And like you said, I've made a video have that. So I can send that out to all of our guys. Well, once they at least have the, 
that basic knowledge or they've kind of met that standard. Now I can go to the, to that next level and, and take them to that advanced stuff. All right, guys, here's page two, here's page three. But you know, until they have that, that basis of knowledge, it, it makes it really difficult. But like you said, you can accelerate that by giving them that resource to where now I've recorded my voice and they can go back and look at it and I don't have to sit there and teach it 24 times. I did it one time. They go back and listen to it. Right. And I, I'm a big believer, um, you know, I, I think I said earlier, learn your learners. I think you got to know your kids. I, I mean, you guys teach school. I mean, you have to understand that every kid in your classroom is not the same. They don't learn the same. And if you're teaching the right way, you're getting to know your kids and you're finding out how Betty learns best. And it's the same way with your offensive line. You've got to you got to understand if a kid does better off a of film or walk through or whatever it is, you got to do what's best for everybody. And, uh, you know, so, so I build walk-ins or walk-throughs into my meeting time. Um, I am a big believer in this. I was pretty, I'm pretty staunch on this, that you learn who to block in the meeting room and you learn how to block on the football field. I don't spend a whole lot of time in practice teaching somebody who to block. I've got to get that done in the meeting room, mm -hmm. in the preseason, in the off season, in my meetings before we go out to practice. And I'm going to spend my time on the football field teaching them how to block somebody and work in those combinations and that kind of thing. So, Coach, with, you know, norm, generally at least uh, guys are going to run gap and zone schemes and, and maybe throw in uh, man schemes as well. Are, are you a guy that uh, when you were installing this to the kids that – you wanted to install all your zone schemes together? Uh, or were you a guy that when we're installing, uh, I want to give them a zone and a gap scheme today? Um, that way they've got to think of both different schemes, but we're, we're still uh, getting everything in. That's the age-old question, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> that is. I, I'm, I'm hoping for an answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've done it. I've done it every way you can possibly do it, you know. Um, I'll be honest with you. This is my opinion. Now, you guys might not like this, but in my opinion, in high school, the way you can go through the summer, your whole entire offense better be in by the time you start camp in August. You better be able to run everything. I mean, it's unbelievable. In college, you know, and, and it's gotten a little bit now uh, to where the coaches can spend some time with their kids during the summer. When I was coaching in house in uh, college, and even up till 2014, we couldn't we couldn't be with the, the players. We could not be on the field. We had to, you know, they went out there and they did the player-led seven-on-sevens, and I had my linemen, um, you know, I had a program that they were doing, but I couldn't be with them. And so it was a, a little bit bigger of a challenge at that point, you know, to, to get them to understand. So I had to actually install – a lot more in college than I really did in high school. Um, but to answer your question, I've done it both ways. I've gone a zone and a gap, and I've, I've gone all gap and then zone. In my opinion, I, I think you need much more work uh, on zone plays than you do gap plays. And I don't, I don't mean to detract from the power. It's my favorite play ever. But the, the footwork and the eyes – the eye, you got to train the eyes in the zone so much, and and 
it's um, I think you have to spend more time with the zones than you do with the power and counter and some of those kind of things. No, I don't. I don't think it detracts from it at all, Coach. That's one of the reasons we love it so much. Is uh, it is easier for some of our kids, and you don't have to spend so much time on it. Although you do, but not as much as zone. Um, and and you know, and and I think it probably just depends on what side of the coin you fall on. But I'm I'm on that side of the coin too, where if we're going to go against teams that slant and blitz and and move around and do some things, there's some guys that are you know that say zone picks up all of that and and maybe if they're a, a completely zone team that I'm sure that is true and you can get that done but I think you know to be able to get that done with zone takes a lot of time it takes a lot of work and it takes um you know a lot of running the exact same play a bunch of different times against all these stunts and blitzes and then you've got to you know are you going to make a call even though you're covered maybe still go with the other guy because it could be a nose slanting across and the linebacker plugging over the top, or are you going to gang it or, you know, all these different things that can make it really, really difficult where uh, to me, like you said, you know, gaps, gaps a little bit easier for us to install. And it's something that we run it quite a few times that, that I can feel comfortable that uh, even if we get our butt kicked at different times, or at least going to the right people and we can get back to zero yards and, and still be second and 10 instead of, second and 12 uh, because we, you know, whatever in zone because our, our, our placement was, wasn't right or our tailback was off a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, the thing about, you know, you're getting blitzed, um, you know, if you can wire that thing up, boy, you can increase it with the power now. Um, That's right. I'm not going to, na- I'm not going to name the, I'm not going to name the school, but when I was at Sanford for, two or three years in a row we had uh, a team that we played just absolutely wired up i picked some things up off of film and we knew they were going to ncaa blitz um <laughs> you know bringing the sam scraping the mic mm-hmm. long stick in the end and they were going to cross the center face well i we had that thing daggum wired up and we knew when it was coming and all we did was is is I just I I, I kind of what I call a blunt technique with my center. He was just waiting on the nose to cross his face, and he was collecting him. We did the same with the tackle, and he was he was going to now we double teamed the five technique on a long stick up to that Willie linebacker, and we were just crushing um, because he's moving lateral to the line yeah. of scrimmage, and we and we know that it's happening. Oh, come on now! I mean, <laughs> you know, we're we're just erasing him, yeah. And so we, I mean, we just creased it and creased it and creased it. So you know, if you if you got something wired up, it's the same thing. You know, if you're if you're teaching it right, and 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 you, you your kids are patient, and they know what to look for. Then, regardless, if you know they're blitzing, you can catch them. And, and you know, the thing about blitz is, if you catch it right, you crease it. It is, I mean, tailbacks up on the safeties before they know, you know, what's going on. Um, I tell you this, with that, one thing I started doing a good deal of is my inside zone, and because we were talking about zone versus power. I started teaching, and I think you said this uh, the other on, on one of the other podcasts I was listening to, and it, 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 it interested me because I do the same thing. I teach my power double and my inside zone double the exact same. 
Yes. All right. There's no difference. And so one drill I started doing years ago, and I, I still to this day, I, I would do it without, it would be one of my number one things is there's that go-to thing you got to do is I will take a three-man group and I will purposely put the left tackle with the right guard. I'll put the center with the right tackle. I'll put, I'll just mix and match them all over the place. And all I do is, is I just coach that defense. I get them lined up in something and they have to work a combination. Mm-hmm. And they're going to this linebacker or that linebacker. We could be running the zone or the power. It doesn't matter. We're going to work this combination because the footwork and everything is the exact same. Now, the only difference is, and you know, same thing you said is the zone we're working to this linebacker and the power we're working to that linebacker. But as far as your footwork goes and that kind of thing, it's all the exact same thing. And so when we got to the inside zone, if I had to switch a guy around, if I had to move a guy from right guard to left guard, he had already worked that two-eye technique working up to a linebacker. He'd done it because at right guard, it's a three technique working up to a uh-huh. linebacker. It, it's the same thing. There's no difference. Same thing with my center. If he's going to work to a two-eye coming over to, you know, to the right guard, well, if I put my right tackle right there, all that is is a four-eye, and he's working with the, the, right, the right guard. It's the exact same thing. Uh, so I would purposely mix and match them all over the place. So if we, get, if we ran the inside zone, theoretically, I should be able to put any one of my kids any one of them at any position, and they should be able to function. I love hearing that, and, and it's something that I've, I've gotten to doing even sometimes in the season. So, like, in, in preseason, I, I'm the exact same way. I'm going to say, hey, we're working our gap doubles. Give me – basically, I say the right side over here, and I don't care where you are in line. Just let's go. Make sure you switch lines. And so there's always the, the post guy and the drive guy, and it doesn't really matter who you're working with because on our gaps, sometimes you'll be a post and sometimes you'll be a drive. Uh, and then same thing with zone. Okay, we got a covered and an uncovered guy on the backside, and you guys are going to switch back and forth, but doesn't really matter. If I know you're going to be mostly a right side guy, I'll have you on the right, so you're taking that kind of footwork for a gap or zone, but you're working with whoever as, as a covered, uncovered, or, or a post or drive player. Uh, and then even in the season sometimes, if, if I need like if I need the guards or the right guard and right tackle or the left guard, all guards, you know, whatever, I need all the guards, um, but – also needed the center to be able to work a backside shade with zone. Well, if they're going to play a shade five nine to us, then I just throw the tight end in with the center, put a shade on the center. Absolutely. Center, you treat the, the tight end like he's a guard, and tight end, you treat the center like he's a tackle, and everything's the same. Man, no question. I mean, look, at some point, every single guy up there is going to have, and I'm glad you said tight end because I'm the same way. Those guys get coached the exact same way. At some point, every guy up there is going to have a shade of some sorts on them right. in every front. I mean, it doesn't matter from a tight end to a seven technique to a six technique to a nine or a tackle with a, uh, you know, a five, a four, and a four. I, it, everything is the same. So as much if you can keep that simple and those kids understand that, then you're on your way to them understanding the whole philosophy behind the play like we were talking about earlier. Um, another thing we do, I don't know how much outside zone you guys run. That's probably my number two thing of, you know, power and outside zone, but we do a drill. Uh, I've, I've done a drill really think it helps. The problem with the outside zone is, is it's in, and the inside zone, but in my opinion, the outside zone is, it's a little bit more task heavy for the, the running back than the inside zone. 
we would do a drill where, and I did different versions of it. It could be like a half line drill. So I've got a center, right guard, right tackle, and then I've got my quarterback and running back. And I'll let our defense, especially like spring ball, they can line up any way they want to. I don't care. Give me a three and a five. Give me a shade and a five. Give me a four eye and an inside linebacker and an outside linebacker. Give me, you know, give me a three, three look with them stacked. We would just cycle through multiple fronts. And we're just running the outside zone and letting that running back see those combinations and make cuts off of it. And over and over and over again, because the problem is you get into a team situation or in a game and that's the reps that that kid has built up is that. And it's always been a hard deal to to marry up that running back with those offensive linemen. So we may have a deal where we got just the tackle and the tight end on combinations, and the running back is reading that. He's on his track, and he's either outside of it or inside of it right now. And that's another great drill that, that we've used on the outside zone that has really, really helped as much as anybody as those running backs. But I'm a believer. I'm a big – you know, when you're an individual, I'm a big believer that I, I coach the defense. I'll be honest with you, I coach the defense more than I coach the offensive guys. Because if you don't get that guy to give you the right look, you're wasting time, man. I mean, you're just out there, you know, you're getting that deal where the kid on defense is just standing there and he's a blocking dummy and he's getting knocked back or whatever. I coach the defensive guys harder than I coach my kids. And and so if you get the look right, you're going to help your kid out a lot more. Now, that's just me. That's just kind of how – uh, you know, I I do things. Um, you know, if we're doing a, a look team or a scout team, I actually get on the defensive side over there and I coach those kids. Mm-hmm. If if I got a defensive end and I try to when I'm breaking down film, I try to see what pass rush moves that kid likes because normally a high school kid, especially, but even in college, they're going to have one to two that that's that's their thing, right? So whether it's going to be a chop or a rip or a whatever. I'm going to coach my look team guy that when we're throwing the football, hey, give me a rip here. And I'll actually – I met with him when I was at Gaston City coaching offensive line. I met with our scout team every single Monday for 20 minutes, hmm. and I showed him film. And so when I said, hey, I want you to chop him and clear your hips, the kid knew what to do and went out there and did it. And that just helps prepare your kids for Friday. Well, I'm with you, Coach, and, and I do the same thing. I actually run the scout team. Um, and at first it was just we used to have a guy and then he left, and so I just picked it up that day and, and did it. But then now I, I don't think I could give it away because I, I love getting to script it, so I get to script all the cards. Uh, so I make sure I see the fronts that I, that I want to be able to see, throw in a couple of freaky fronts just to make sure that they're running mm-hmm. the rules. Uh, but – you know, if, if we're going to run counter that week and that, that end likes to play up field, then I can draw an arrow on the on the cards that makes him come up field. Or if he's going to wrong arm really, okay. really hard, I can draw that. Or um, even to the point where, you know, sometimes there's teams we play where we're going to run power and the play side linebacker is going to fill and the back one's going to scrape over the top. Well, that's, you know, completely different for a garden tackle. And so we make sure that we see that as well. Um, the biggest thing has been, and I didn't always do this, but – uh, it used to be, you know, a couple of years ago, I didn't get as heavy into it. And uh, I'm telling our tight ends and making sure we've got a six technique and he blocks them. And then in the game, he's getting killed inside. Like I told you all week, he was going to play inside. Yeah, yeah. but I, I didn't give him a very good look. And I didn't make that six slant the whole week. I just I kind That's of right. 
kind of told them to play inside, but they don't necessarily know what that means or, or don't do a good enough job. So now we play a team like that. Hey, that, that six is slanting underneath every time uh, just to make them think of that. Or, you know, I think the cool part about playing offensive line is, is you know some of the things that can really screw with you and, and throwing that in against, off, against your guys every once in a while just, just to make sure that even, uh, you know, maybe it's a gap hinge and you, you blitz the backside linebacker through really quick. Um, Absolutely. That they've forgot to think of. And, and so now maybe you just keep them sharp on that backside. Just some little things that you can do that, like you said, if, if you really study it and put some time in with how you're coaching your defensive scout kids, you can get a lot of really good looks out of it. That's, that's, that's being a ball coach, man. I mean, in my opinion, if you, if, like you said, you, 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 you realize that, that that's the big thing in, in, in my opinion, what you just said was you realized that you messed it up and you were going to fix it. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, sometimes the ball coach, you can get stuck in these ruts or, uh, you know, you get complacent or whatever. And you got to be, you always got to be figuring out how to better yourself. And ultimately, how am I getting my kids better? And whatever that's got to be, I, I'm not afraid to go coach the scout team, man. I mean, that if that's what's in that, in my opinion, that is, that is what's going to help you best on Friday. When that kid has seen, because you study way more film than your kids. You can send mm-hmm. out all the huddle film you want, man. You, I, you know, you can look and see how much time they spend. On, you know, you, I know you realize that there's a way those kids can get over on that. <laughs> you know, but if you're, if you are showing them what they are going to see on Friday, they're not going to go out there and go, well, coach, the guy's doing this. Yeah. I mean, yes. And, and you're coaching from behind instead of uh, being proactive with the whole deal. Mm-hmm. I, I completely, and, and that's one of the things that I've always thought and, and probably a little bit too much to a fault. And, and we need to do a little bit more, you know, probably opponent film. But I've always thought, even when I was a player, like, isn't it the coach's job to show me in practice what we're going to see? Uh, I want to get good at being able to block it. But, uh, and I almost got to a point where, you know, a year that I was playing, I was like, I'm going to get really good at watching film. And then I just ended up setting myself up for failure and was expecting one thing and they got me on something. I was like, I'm just going to block uh, my technique and my rules and, and it'll go to what it's supposed to. And, and I've almost gotten into that maybe a little too much, but we watch a lot of film on ourselves to get better, you know, as technique and, and different fundamentals and things. But uh, I've always kind of thought, hey, it's kind of my job to make sure they see the fronts they're going to see on Friday night. Um, if a guy's like to slant a bunch to the whatever, well, then let's make sure if, if they're always slanting away from the tight end, let's make sure that on the half of the plays that we show on inside, they don't even have to necessarily know that it's away from the tight end, but that's what they're seeing on these plays. Uh, because right. then they go out there, like you said, in the game, and and it is second nature a little bit to them. And and we should watch a little bit more. But but I understand what a high school kid's looking at as an offensive lineman, and and I just don't know how much of that juice is worth the squeeze when it comes to watching other teams. And then you know with quarterbacks, maybe you get into okay against these this personnel, you're going to get this look, and against this formation, and you're going to get this look. And coordinators a lot of times like you to look at that with your with your offense alignment at times, but they don't they have no, at least with our offense, they got no idea hardly what personnel's in and what formation hardly we're in. You know, they, they hear the play and, and, you know, I've told them, 
I've kind of done all the legwork for them, and and now they they know those things, and they have some of those bullet uh, bullet points, and and they've seen them in practice. Well, I also think along with what you're saying is, I'm a believer that you need to teach your kids how to watch film. They like you know if you just go tell a kid to hey watch this cut up, he ain't got a clue what it is that he's looking for. You know, so teach them how to. If you're doing opponent scout, what is it that he's looking at? Otherwise, a kid's sitting there watching a game just like he's watching a game on TV. He's looking at, you know, the ball's being thrown. He's looking at back there at the corner and whatever else. So if you teach them how to watch film, if they're watching film on themselves, the number one thing I always start with is split. Uh, split. And I don't know about you, but I mess with levels on and off the ball. Okay, so we carry three levels. Okay, so level one is getting all the ball you can get and, you know, short yardage and goal line. Level two is basically hand on the top of the foot. And so you're kind of got that head about on the numbers of the center. And then level three is is we're getting as much, uh, you know, as as far back as we possibly can. So you teach the kid what's your split, what's your level. All right, are you correct on that? Then from there, it's first step. Is your first step taking you on the correct angle? Number two is your second step getting in the ground, plain and simple. If you're teaching them those kind of things, every single time they go up there, they start in that process. And then at that point, you're starting to teach them how to coach themselves. And they're constantly looking for those little things. Just like if you're, you know, you're, you're doing opponent film, you're looking at the, the, the down guys. Are they switching sides? Um, you know, what's, is this guy's got his inside hand down? Is his outside hand down? Is, is, how are his feet? Is his feet staggered or are they even? Is he changing and when he's slanting and moving and those kind of things? And you can get those kids to kind of learn. And then all of a sudden you get a little bug in them where they enjoy, you know, trying to pick things up and they come in and say, Hey, coach, did you notice number, you know, 86 does this on, you know, whenever you're going to throw the ball? And then now you got a little bit of a, uh, you got some juice flowing where they're they're interested in it, Coach. I wanted to get back and ask you a, a question I was thinking about before when you when you were at uh, Samford and you guys were able to kind of turn around. You know, d- just talk a little bit about that importance of of staff continuity and and kind of having the same guys on staff because again, in in the the day and age we're in now with the media and, and social media and whatever else you want to toss out there of instant gratification, how important is it to have that continuity in order to kind of build it up uh, right and build it up correctly to where it is going to last and it is going to make an impact? Well, I think it's huge because, you know, the kids, they hear the same voice. They hear, you know, their whole time there that you, I think you mentioned earlier, one of you mentioned earlier about uh, having three different coaches and, you know, whatever. And, and you're basically having to kind of relearn, even if it's just terminology, if you have a firm grasp on what it is that you're learning, but you have to know the terminology, just that continuity there helps. And then, you know, if you're, you know, with us there, first and foremost, um, people enjoyed working for Coach Sullivan. Um, I turned down two or three jobs while I was there um, that were probably, you know, better, you know, considered better jobs um, just to stay and working for him. Um, just, just, and I can't, you know, I, I just can't say enough about what it was like uh, being around him every day and, and working for him. And, you know, we had, we did have some turnover. Um, but, you know, Coach, Coach D'Otavio, is the defensive coordinator, 
he got hired when my first year there in, in 06, and he's still there, all right? Uh, the linebackers coach, Ross Newton, is still there, all right? And so those kids every year, it's just it's it, they get five whole years of having the same, you know, guy coaching them and, and that kind of thing. And those guys know that school. And, you know, when I was there, you know, for eight seasons, I knew the, the goods and the bads of the school and, and what we needed to improve on. And, um, and, and there's just that – there's a feeling. And, and I'll tell you this, those kids, when they come in on their visits, they can tell – when guys have been thrown together and they don't know each other very well and versus, you know, me and Billy D sitting there talking together and we've been working together for eight years. The the families know that there's just a, a different kind of atmosphere when you get into that kind of thing. So, um, you know, as long as everybody's doing their job and continually improving, there's no question that it's better. There, the more stability you got, the better off you're going to be. And, oh, you know, unfortunately these days, um, especially in college, you just – they don't give you that much time. I mean, um, if, if – now if you'll, if, you'll, if you'll really look at it, the ones that will stick with it and stay with the, the, the process, they usually – they hired that guy for a reason a lot of times. He'll end up pulling them around to it. But, you know, they, they – you know, when we went to Sanford, they were, they were down pretty – it was they were down and you know coach sullivan ended up building you know just fantastic facilities and every year we just got a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better and um you know so now i mean they've got kids playing you know every single sunday i mean you can turn the tv on and um you know see several kids from sanford playing in the nfl and you know, of course that helps as well yeah, that's, there's no doubt well coach um you know kind of coming up on an hour uh, and it's been, you know, too quick of an hour. But uh, the thing that I always, always love to ask guys, especially offensive line guys, is when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Oh, you know, I, I think uh, – I'll be honest with you. I'm a big – I'm a – big time to me is no negative plays. That's one of my, my sticklers is I don't want negative plays. All right, so – if we run the ball on first and ten, I want it. I want the sticks to at least say second and ten whenever it gets to second down. And if you see a team that is not having a whole bunch of guys running free in the backfield and taking negative plays, I think that's always a, a big time deal. I'm a, I'm a pretty big stickler on that. The second thing is, as far as when you're watching kids, in my opinion, one place that high school kids really struggle is getting their second foot in the ground. Um, you see kids crossing all over themselves and, and that kind of thing. And here's the deal. In my opinion, it takes zero talent, no talent to get your second foot in the ground. And the, your first step is going to set you up on the proper angle. Your second foot is going to put you in power. And if you can get your second foot in the ground, you got a chance to at least tie. And if you tie, a lot of times a tie is a win. And, you know, the second piece of that, it takes zero talent to get your hands inside. You can carry tight elbows. I don't care how good you are, how short you are, how tall you are, how light in the rear end you are, or whatever. You can get your second foot in the ground and you can get your hands tight. And so if you see a group continually, they look like when they're stepping, everybody's stepping in sync to one another. 
They're all getting their second foot in the ground. They're carrying their elbows tight. I think it's pretty easy to say, see that those coach, those kids have been coached pretty daggone well, no matter their talent level. Coach, man, it's going to be exciting to, to like, in, in your words, get you back on the grass. I can, I can sense the, uh, the passion you got for the sport, man, and, and the, the offensive line. And I know, like you said, you know, knowing a little bit more now about the, the strength aspects, man, it's going to be a scary deal. So look forward to getting you back on the grass. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. I really am. A, I'm a big fan. I, your your platform here, y'all are doing a fantastic job with it. Um, just, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing, and I'll keep listening. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to, again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.